Hello. 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 Oh my god. So much easier to edit now. Yeah, okay, that's gonna be so good. Now that we've jacked up the levels. Welcome, listeners, to the inaugural voyage of CCT. The brand new podcast by Kevin and Zach. Yep, that's what we are. That's who we are. Um, and that's all I have. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. So, you're welcome. To explain our podcast a little bit more, thank you, Zach. We are uh, the web and blog team for Novus Journal, which is the academic journal of our graduate program here at Georgetown. Communication, Culture, and Technology, that is CCT for short, how we will probably be referring to it from here on out. So we'll just be talking about all things related to communication, culture, and technology. I know that's a very wide range, but we're going to do our best to find some lanes in there to really dive into. Are you feeling distracted already? How many times have you checked your phone since we started talking? When these digital distractions begin to take up more of our time than our actual responsibilities, are their roles reversed? Today, the T will tell. Have you ever just been, like, trying to watch a movie or something? Like, you're you're watching a movie, you're home alone, or you're with your friends, it really doesn't matter. But you're trying to enjoy something that requires more than... Uh, passive attention Uh, but you're like oh wait no I can't because I have to keep checking my phone every day every day it happens it's happening right now I have my iPad in my hands and it's taking a lot of my willpower not to just completely check out of this podcast recording and check Instagram but okay so here's my thing I'm constantly distracted because I always want to like pull out my phone and be like, oh, who's messaging me on Instagram right now? Um, Who's validating my existence through mediated recognition on Facebook? But I also feel like I'm being more productive and that I'm producing a quantifiable sense of social status um, and social relation. So is it all that bad that I'm so distracted? I don't know. That's a very interesting question that you bring up. Uh, And I've wondered the same. Um, and it, it is interesting because it's, I think part of the allure of this multitasking craze that has taken over everyone's lives is that we feel so productive when we can jump from maybe like doing a reading to checking our Instagram to replying to texts to going to our emails to checking Facebook to, you know, the cycle, like everyone has their own like social media cycle that they run through when they're taking their, you know bi-hourly study breaks or less even um but uh, plenty of studies have shown that we have trouble jumping from thing to thing that quickly it usually takes i don't think it's somewhere between three to five minutes to like lock back into a, a thinking activity that requires more than just scrolling through a news feed um and so i think it's it's kind of manifested into this vicious cycle where uh these like incessant feelings of stress uh, that kind of come from our smartphone use and like all of that that societal pressure to to have this wonderful presence online and to get those feelings of validation from our posts and everything uh, 
Even if they're subtle, those are causing us to distract ourselves from our actual responsibilities like work, like relationships, like academic assignments and things like that. Uh, and so we put those things off for as long as possible by using these our technological devices. And then these periods of distraction and procrastination are often spent feeding that digital addiction, uh, which only adds fuel to the stress-filled fires burning in our brains. So at this point, Zach, I think um, my entire brain is a stress-filled fire. Uh, there's no end in sight, and the only way out, I feel, is to continue feeding um, the fire, my distraction fire. That's a fire! That's a fire! Look at that! How do you mitigate distraction in your life? Because I do it by indulging my desires to be distracted, um, which is that the best coping mechanism? Who's to say? The tea will tell. Yeah, the tea will tell. Uh, and I think the tea's gonna say, absolutely not. Kevin is wrong. But, Zach, how do you, how do you live a less distracted life? I don't. Cool. I'm, cool. I'm, I'm also cool. very, very distracted. Uh, I had a focus group last week, actually. Um, very academic. I, right, yeah. Cool. It was for, for a class. Um, it was me and a few other students that kind of were the ringleaders of the focus group. And so it was kind of split into sections, but it all sort of dealt with uh, social media, how that affects our mental health, um, the phenomenon of FOMO, which has become all too familiar to everyone, uh, and how that affects like our study habits and academic achievement. Uh, and we talked a lot about, like, how do you avoid these, like, the allure of social media and everything while you're trying to be productive and, and get work done. And there were a variety of answers. Some of them were, I put my phone in the other room, but then some people said that caused anxiety if they, like, can't see their phone at all times. Other people said they would just flip their phone, like, upside down on the table so that they can't see the flash. Um... For me, that doesn't work because mine's usually on vibrate. And so if it buzzes and I can't see the screen, then I'm even more like, what am I missing? Than if it's face up and I can just glance. Um, but a lot of people said they don't even use ringtones or vibrate anymore. Like, their phone is always silent. And for some reason, that causes them to, like, want to check it more because they don't know if they might have missed something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I keep my phone on do not disturb mode probably always um, because I tell myself, like, oh, hey... Like if you have all of your notifications off and do not disturbs on, uh, nothing's gonna nothing's gonna bother you. But then I find myself looking at my phone like every few minutes because I'm like, oh, I can't. You're more compelled to check because you mm -hmm. expect to receive those now. Right. Hmm. Mm hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I can't win. Yeah. One of the, when I was an undergrad, I wrote like an, an essay kind of talking about this. It was when I first started kind of feeling this pressure to like be distracted all the time. I used the metaphor of a moth to kind of internalize how we are so, not a lord. Distracted. Distracted, possibly. Um, the metaphor was something like I was typing at my desk and I was watching this little moth like flutter around my lamp. And, like, I thought to myself, the moth doesn't really understand why it's so drawn to this lamp. It's just this bright light. And we see it all the time, like street lights, there's moths just fluttering around it. 
and all they know is that they can't get enough of it. Like they, they bump into it and like flutter around and then bump into it again. And that's kind of what we do with our our machines, you know? We we uh I constantly like throw myself at screens. Yeah. We have to have them all the time. Like mm-hmm. if you if you're without screens for so long you just kinda get drawn to the nearest one and just hope that it can feed you some kind of fix. I think we <laughs> um but yeah, our our brains have developed a habit of fluttering around from the allure of one glowing screen to the next. Uh, until like a the looming presence of a deadline can create enough stress within our minds to shade that amusing glow uh, and allow us to focus just long enough to complete like the task at hand. So only stress can defeat our stressors. Right, which comes back to that vicious cycle that I was talking about. So what you're saying is there's no hope. <laughs> Not necessarily. Where is their hope? <laughs> Show me the hope. Because to me, um, there's no hope. There's no hope for you. There's no hope for me. Um, good example of how distraction from ever-present technology isn't just like a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of you know depression, a little bit of self-loathing. Um, it's also like death. You can get hurt, get wrecked. Oh, yeah. You can literally get wrecked. So scary. So scary. So, what is kind of ironic to me is like people don't really view just dis- like obviously some people view distracted driving as a problem, but the major solution that we're finding to combat distracted driving, other than a few um, PSAs, is self driving cars. And to me, that's just wild Bang! That's wild. that we're like hey technology is our problem hey technology is our solution yeah and I feel like that's the case with a lot of like technology addiction distraction stuff like Apple just put in screen time like a hub to give yourself reminders to like hey you should stop using this app after four hours <laughs> um but it's because it's all technologically mediated, you can just so easily be like, actually, no, I uh, am going to change my restrictions on my phone. Um, and then it's just still a problem. Yeah. Well, and it's weird that, that we feel so compelled to check while we drive, too, because it's funny, like, the, the whole medium of text messages, like, instant messages has been kind of warped into constant messaging versus instant messaging. The The beauty of it is that they'll send you a message and it'll stay on your phone until you re- reply rather than, like, a phone call in which, like, you say the words and they hear them or they don't and then they're gone. Um, and so why we feel so compelled to, like, send that text back before we get to where we're going in the next five to ten minutes or something or even at the next stoplight uh, not to condone, like, texting while driving at all, but at least do it at a stoplight. Why are you doing it on the highway, you know? Uh, I don't drive in D.C. because I was told that driving sucks in D.C., and I don't regret it, but it's kind of an interesting social experiment when I'm on the bus and just, like, looking out at cars in the morning and how many people are on their phones while, like, driving through the, the city streets is kind of appalling. Yeah, it's like... What did people do before we had a constant distraction by smartphone? Did 
did we think about things? I don't did know. We... Well, I think that's part of where the stress comes from. Uh, you know, people say that, like, this next um, generation is, like, the most stressed, the most depressed, uh, with the most anxiety problems. And, like, it's no wonder, because we always have this uh, this allure of these screens where we need to be, like, hypervigilant and alert and aware of what's happening on a minute-to-minute basis, not only in our own world, but in everyone else's world around us as well, and celebrities' worlds, and, you know, political leaders' worlds, and just, like, it's so much to, to keep tabs on that, like, obviously it's going to cause a bunch of stress and anxiety and depression, because who can handle that much information? I can't. No, me either. No. Mm-mm. So I guess it comes down to to regulating that somehow, but that gets into dangerous territory. Because, like, who regulates? Is it parents? These are these are undoubtedly addictive substances mm-hmm. that you mentioned earlier. It's a shot of dopamine every time we like get to use social media. We have federal regulations in place that restrict things like gambling, drinking, smoking, all of those things, which also mm-hmm. provide similar like shots of dopamine when we partake. Uh, and yet we we give children as young as like seven, eight years old, like unfettered use of social media and smartphones with games and stuff like that. So at some point, will we see restrictions on these kinds of devices? Yeah, I always wonder, like, obviously, smartphones, the internet, interconnected technologies, like, make up our society right now as it exists. Like, it's the backbone. If I, like, go into work and I, like, don't have Wi-Fi, it's like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's nothing to Everything do. Everything would just Everything cease. shuts down. Yeah. So, but it's also so interesting, like, the correlations people are drawing between, like, things like gambling and, like, drugs and alcohol to um, social media and smartphone usage and all that kind of thing. Because how can we... It's like if our economy was based on... Um, selling opiates. Like how... Pharma's pretty big. Big Pharma is pretty big. (laughs) Oh, God. Are we (laughs) figuring out, like, why the opioid crisis is happening? Maybe. Maybe. It... I'm getting... I'm getting upset just talking about it right now because there's... We are so powerless as individuals. I can... All of the, like, hey, here's ten reasons... Also quantified in a easily digestible, um, ripe for distraction model of news. Of course. Uh, here's ten ways that you can be less distracted <laughs> by your smartphone, and it's like, oh, delete Instagram off your phone. You can do that for like a day, and then you're like, wow, I miss Instagram. How? What do I do with my time? Yeah. Um, and then you re-download Instagram. So, I don't know. I feel pretty powerless as an individual to deal with the onslaught of distraction um, in my life. Yeah, and it's tough because I, I think FOMO plays a huge part in it. Um, now that, like, quote-unquote, everyone is online, it it's tough to take yourself off of that. And even if you tell someone that, like, like for example, um, I don't have Instagram, and... Like, just as a choice. It's almost out of spite now that I don't have Instagram. Do you feel like a martyr? Kind of. Like, I tell people I don't have Instagram, and they give me this look like, what do you mean you don't have Instagram? Like, what's wrong with you? How? 
and you're missing out on so much. I know, <laughs> I know. No, but I also this is me being the voice of society. Yeah, basically. But and but also, I have some pretty good stories that you are missing out on. <laughs> And I don't doubt it at all. But I also spend way too much time on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, like, other nonsense all day. And I know if I downloaded Instagram, that's another, like, at least hour of my day, probably, that will just be whittled away into nothing. But what are you, what are you doing with that hour now that's so much better than getting to experience the lived experiences of people all across the globe on Instagram, also so many like cake videos. So many cake videos and, and dog videos. And for the record, I think that dog videos are one of the best things that the internet has to offer to society. That's fair. Because they just make everyone's day better. I almost feel like I've hit like the hedonic treadmill of dog videos. For <laughs> really? Me. It's like. Are you over it now? Like if I see a normal dog video, it doesn't give me that sweet, sweet dopamine oh, anymore. Wow. I need like your tolerance is is up here yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need like some really cute stuff. I need like dogs in costumes, like dogs with like really fat dogs. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. We're getting distracted, Kevin. I know. Uh, also, let's let's re- let's take a moment to appreciate in this conversation. I haven't checked my phone once. You have not. I haven't either. Although I've heard yours buzz a couple times, and I will not lie, I was drawn away. I wasn't, because I guess I have more willpower. <laughs> you are locked in. No, just kidding. And I cannot um, take that away from you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, was, I just needed... I need, you no, needed physical validation. Physical validation. Yeah. Because I'm so used to being constantly validated on my phone. I'll make it a priority to, like, every 45 seconds or so tell you you're doing great. Thank you so much. <laughs> I need that. Zach, you're doing a really good job, too, by hey, the way. Wow. Thanks for noticing. Yeah. Okay, anyway, what were you saying? Uh, so, like, that extra hour that we were just talking about, like, what do you do with the time that you could, that you usually spend on social media that you might spend doing other things? Uh, I was having a conversation with somebody um, last week, and we talked about um, idle time and, like, how that's kind of the birthplace of creativity and originality, even. Uh, as it is now, when I have idle time, I feel obviously like tempted to check my phone, right? If you're sitting at a restaurant and someone and like whoever you're with goes to the bathroom, what do you do? Like, check your phone. You don't like stay around the restaurant because it makes you feel weird. If you're on the bus by yourself, what do you do while you're stare sitting there? Down you stare at your every phone because everyone does. Person, yes. <laughs> oh, you stare they, everyone down. Well, I guess you stare. At your you phone. stare down the tops of everyone's heads because everyone else is on their phone, mm-hmm. and so like. I think while it's awesome for creativity to draw inspiration from what other people are doing, and I think that social media offers a ton of inspiration in that way, I think for the sake of originality, we're losing out because they've been saying that there's nothing new under the sun. I think that's in the book of Ecclesiastes. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years old, they were saying there's nothing new under the sun. Nowadays, that's... Can you imagine? So much has happened in the last several thousand years. Uh, that could arguably have been new. Yeah, maybe. Um, but it just kind of puts that in perspective, right? Like Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt. New. Actually, I don't know. Greek yogurt might have been around back then. Laptops. I guess. More <laughs> importantly, Greek yogurt. But <laughs> but more importantly, Greek yogurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but kind of what I was getting at is, you know, when I'm on Twitter or 
Facebook or probably if I had Instagram on Instagram, you see cool things that other people are doing. You see cute dog videos and you're like, oh, I could do a video like that with my pet or a Halloween costume that inspires you for next year or, you know, somebody playing an instrument and you're like, oh, that's cool. I wish I could learn how to play guitar. Maybe that is what drives you to do that. But we don't leave a ton of time to, like, reflect on these things from our own point of view, if that makes sense. We keep getting fed everyone else's point of view about things always. So how can we be expected to have original ideas or original thoughts about things? And I think this is most evident in politics because we're so bombarded with everyone else's political opinions, we just don't have much time to reflect and think about what we think about opinions. We're just It's easier to just jump left or jump right and just make camp there. Uh, and so I think idle time is something that's important that we're kind of losing with all of this distraction. Okay, so tea's pretty cold. <laughs> you know what that means? It's time for Kevin's cold takes. Hey, yeah, it is. Um, I can't sustain that amount of energy very long. Uh, but here's my cold take of the week. What you got, Kevin? Vehicular manslaughter as a side effect of social media? Not great. Not great. Very astute observation. Thank you so much, Zach. And if you have a rebuttal to Kevin's cold take, or would like to be a guest feature on our weekly podcast, or even just submit to our Novus blog online, feel free to reach out uh, to either me or Kevin. My email address is Z as in Zach, D as in dog, O as in October, 2 at georgetown.edu. And my email address is K as in K, A as in Apple, A as in aardvark128 at georgetown.edu. Hope you caught all that. Thanks for bearing with us this week on our inaugural voyage. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. This is Kevin and Zach, web and blog for Novus. Powering down.